This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 48. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Jeff Matson. Jeff is the head marketing guy for Gravity Forms, and he looks after everything marketing and sales related. Jeff is married to Jamie, and they have two dogs. When out working at Gravity Forms or on his own side projects, Jeff likes to hang out in his own garage arcade. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Welcome. Nice to see you here. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So um, I do, uh, I uh, I work for Gravity Forms and we do a form, we make a a form plugin if you're not familiar with us or anybody who's listening is not familiar with us. And uh, my job here is to uh, is to make sure that we get uh, our name out to as many people as possible, and that uh, we sell as many copies of Gravity Forms as possible. Well, I think probably of any form plugin that's out there, Gravity Forms, just about anybody who works with WordPress has heard of it. So hopefully that makes your job a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what can you tell us about your background? How did you end up there? So my background uh, is is ranged from a lot of different places. I've I've done everything from um, been a jeweler's assistant. So I worked in hosting. I owned my own cell phone repair shop at one point. Uh, I worked in an arcade. I did all kinds of different things. Um, but what mostly brought me here uh, was a few years ago. I decided that I wanted a change, and I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And I decided to go work for InMotion Hosting and move six hours away to Virginia Beach. Um, at that point, I uh, kind of worked my way up at InMotion. And uh, because of my huge passion for WordPress, I became kind of the, the top WordPress guy over there. And eventually, I kind of outgrew them a little bit. Um, they awesome company. It's kind of not the direction I really wanted to be in. And decided uh, to make a change. And then I got a job offer. Um, to work for Gravity Forms, so I, and they just happened to be here in Virginia Beach, so they worked out really well. Uh, decided uh, decided that about three years ago, and I'm I'm still here. Are you a programmer developer, or just, or have you? Um, I guess where where do your tech skills lie? And you're doing marketing, so that's why I'm asking this question. Um, so I I'm the developer. Um, over the years, I, uh, I I do a lot of freelance work on the side as well, uh, various Gravity Forms development type projects, uh, as well as I do even even on the marketing side here, I do a lot of development, um, whether it be just anything that we need to do, do on the site or uh, or just anything that I need to tweak, or even if I find a bug real quick in Gravity Forms or something, um, I'll always I'll, I'll usually just fix it myself. It's really how we operate a lot here is is uh, is basically that if you have the skills to do it, just kind of do it it's uh it's a lot faster sometimes than to to just quick fix uh fix a quick bug that you find um rather than submitting a ticket and all that other thing all those other things Uh, so that's 
that's kind of where I am right now. Um, I previously actually, um, before I switched over to the marketing role, this is it's actually my second role here at Gravity Forms. Uh, previously, I did documentation. Uh, so I did a lot of our different developer documentation um, or user facer documentation to make sure that, uh, that everybody was able to use the product to the best of their ability. Uh, but once we, uh, after a little while, we decided that, uh, that, that we, we maybe, uh, need a little bit, little bit of, uh, extra push in marketing. And so because of that, uh, they decided that I was the best fit for that and offered me the position uh, about, uh, six to eight months ago. Uh, and then I, uh, I decided, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. I like that. That's, uh, that's a, that's an interesting story of the transition, how it's, all come together for you. Um, tell me a little bit about documentation. You've mentioned that you're a uh, you're a developer by background, and you know documentation is one of those things that we all love when it's done well. We all curse when it's terrible, <laughs> and and it's such an unsung an unsung task, right? Because nobody really wants to write it, but everybody wants it well written. Tell me about what you what your process of creating documentation and, and how did you go about that and how do you address it for something like gravity forms, which can be used in a very, very simple way. You know, I just need a contact form that's well-made and can, can handle this newsletter subscription. But of course there's other users who are using gravity forms in hugely advanced ways. And so your documentation, I imagine has to speak to both at some level. How did you go about that? Um, that's a, it's a, it's actually a really, really good topic and I could go on all day for it, all day about it, but I'll, I'll try to give you the cliff notes a little bit is that, yeah. uh, it's basically kind of all about segmenting your users a little bit. Um, your developers will kind of figure things out on their own. Um, they're, they're a lot easier to work with, uh, as long as you make sure that the code itself is documented as well as the hooks are, you know, somewhere so that they can easily just Google search for, Hey, if I need to do something on form submission um, and then they can be able to find it. But a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the traffic that you're going to get to documentation is through Google searches. So as long as you can get those right keywords to kind of push them in the right direction. So whether it be something like, um, like how do I set up notifications on my forms? Um, making sure that you have those kind of keywords that are going to pop up on a Google search because they're likely going to search Google before they search your site. Sure, um, sure. Is, is key, uh, as well as kind of having all of that dev documentation. And it's, while it's important to have plenty of, of developer documentation, um, it's even more important to uh, document inside the code a little bit better, as well as just kind of at least have something there um, for developers. But your, your users, you do want to do a lot more handholding, a lot, of, a lot more tutorial-like aspects to, to different things. If you can kind of walk them through something, then they're really going to be able to find uh, exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, I've spent some time in the documentation there as a user and found it to be pretty helpful. I'm going to ask about your marketing role a bit. And I'm probably, I don't know if I'm going to hit on a sensitive point. So um, we'll see if we have to edit this out afterward or not. <laughs> but so, so you started. You up, Jeff. She's just I am you setting up. you up. So you started out in this marketing role for Gravity Forms, which I imagine is the longest standing form plugin uh, that's used. I don't know in terms of installs how it stands, but a few years ago, some other companies decided to jump into the form space because there's space there, right? And they 
also make forms. And so they're making some headway into the market. And so how is that for you coming in? I'm just making a guess that you're coming in because the competition has grown for premium form plugins. How are you finding that role? And am I correct in that assumption? Uh, yeah, so there's things have changed over the years, especially like when Gravity Forms was was originally came out was uh, eight, nine years ago. Um, there really wasn't competition out there. Like it really didn't exist. There was, a, you know, there was, there was a few other form plugins, of course, Contact Form 7 has been you know, around forever. Um, but the me transitioning in this role, a lot of it was just kind of as a, we've never had a marketing team before. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of like, it was kind of like, why are we not doing this? There's, 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 there's more competition coming out there. Um, and we need to stay on top of things, right? Like we're, we, I mean, we definitely have the highest install base at this point. We have, you know, we, 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 we are, I think the largest premium WordPress plugin in, uh, on the planet at this point. Um, still, uh, I mean, we're, we're running on millions of sites, even as being a premium plugin, but the, um, there's been a lot of of just kind of need to kind of get everything together as a as as a single point of contact for marketing. Uh, previously, it would be you know a lot of kind of Carl talking to different things, talking to different people, or or uh, or just different kind of partnerships that kind of happen organically, or or any, or any kind of uh, word of mouth word of mouth type thing. Um, because we never really did anything prior to me coming into this position, other than just word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, right. it's great that, you know, it's, it's great that, uh, that you were able to go as far as we were with just word of mouth. It's, it's kind of mind blowing really. Um, and now we decided that, well, if we can go this far with just word of mouth, what happens when we kind of have a direct point of contact to go to these conferences to handle sponsorships or affiliates or anything like that? Um, and it's turned out to be a really, really good thing. It's, it's taken a lot of the burden off of uh, off of the founders, of course, from for things like handling sponsorships or even paying the sponsorship bills or, <laughs> or going you right. know going somewhere else. They kind of needed a different. At some point, when you start growing larger and larger and larger, you can't always have the founders of your company being the face. Um, and so they just kind of decided that this was the, this was the best way to do this. It was just to kind of, I was already very much inserted into the WordPress community, very much known for gravity forms. And it just made perfect sense just to kind of roll me in. And, uh, that way I can consolidate things. I can kind of make sure our budgets are okay, know where to spend money, where not to spend money, um, better tracking, um, and data and that sort of thing. That makes that makes sense. Thank you for answering that. That's kind of what I assumed. But thanks, Jeff. I'm going to change gears on you here. Uh, sure. You've shared with us your a brief version of your of your your career, and where you got to where you are now. Uh, we heard in the introduction that you're married, and I wonder if you can share with us your definition of success, be it personal or professional or a mixture of both. How do you define success? Well, so I think we actually talked about this at WordCamp US, me and you did, um, which was, you, might have, yes. you know, people do, do, do things for different reasons. Um, we, some people do things for money, some people do things um, for fame, or some people do things just for their own personal ego. Um, and for me, a lot of things are, are ego driven. Um, 
my success is based on a lot of how people look at the things that I've done um, and how uh, and how I feel about the things that I've done. So it's a lot more than just money. It's it's very much a if I can make this awesome product or be part of this amazing product, I mean, this, this huge, huge thing, I get to tell everybody I worked for Gravity Forms and this is what I did. And, and especially since moving into this marketing role where previously in documentation, you don't really get any of that. It's kind of just the endless drone of the same thing over and over and over again. Documentation is absolutely never complete. Um, with this, now, now that I've transitioned over to this marketing role, um, I'm able to now see the direct result of, of my actions. So if I did certain things and I, and I made certain changes and I go, Oh, wow, we just, you know, last month we just bumped sales 10%, you know, or something like that. Like, wow, like this is something that I did. This is something that I can own and, and, and I can claim and, and just, and just kind of bask in the glory of it. Um, and that's kind of how I define success. I define success in a way that is more along the lines of, um, are you happy with what you're doing? Um, I could have, you know, it, I'm the kind of person that I could have billions and billions of dollars in the bank, but if I made them on, you know, selling machines of war or something like that, then I'd never, ever, ever be happy and never consider myself successful. Um, it's, it's, I have to, I, 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 I'm the kind of person that really has to do what they love or else I just have to stop doing it. Where do your uh, arcade games fit into this? into this my arcade <laughs> my arcade games um are actually kind of are still a little ego based because people come to my house they're wow you have an arcade at your house you know and all these um but so it, it's partly that but it's mostly the, the arcade games are um are, are a, kind of a delve back to my childhood uh, i grew up in uh in laconia new hampshire I lived there till i was about 10 years old and uh we grew through we grew up from a really really poor family and um in Laconia, New Hampshire, there's the actually the largest arcade in the world um, is uh, is right uh, right at the Weirs. It's uh, well a little further away from the Weirs, but it's uh, it's it's a place called Fun Spot. Been there, I played it. It's unbelievable. It's a great place. It, it's just it it it's, it's my awesome. whole childhood right there. It's it's <laughs> an awesome awesome place. Um, and so since I'd spent a lot of time there, and especially since we were a really poor family, Fun Spot is really cheap. Like unbelievably cheap. Like, um, you know, you can get you know tokens upon tokens upon tokens for twenty dollars, and then you have a coupon for buy twenty dollars get twenty dollars free. And we'd always have these coupons, so that was the one thing that I could do, and it kind of put me on a on an even playing field with everybody else. If I had a big cup of tokens, and the other kid that's got you know good money and stuff like that, they're all you know their parents their parents are doing well. They all have those same tokens, and then I could stomp that kid on a high score. <laughs> you know, it, it really kind of made me realize that um, just even though that you, you, if you grow up a little disadvantaged or anything like that, that you can really, you know, you can just find those things that really make you stick out. And so because of my love for arcade machines when I was a kid, um, I've had a love ever since. And now I now, of course, I spend more time fixing them than I do actually mm. playing them. But at the same time, like, it's just something that being able to to play these games and to kind of take a piece of history and to take something that I, I truly remember from being a kid as one being one of the greatest parts of my childhood um, is, is just a huge deal. 
is there is there a category of game when I, I I don't I went to arcades a bit on the shore when my kids were little and have gone and I I relate my life to this one game that is a spider and you have to stomp on it it like pops up all the time there's like a, a there's one popping up and you have to step on it um, so I always think like life's like that things are always popping up and you have to stomp them down especially in business so can you is there a category of game that you like and one that would translate to your view on life I guess. Um, I don't know if there's, um, the way that I do things, uh, the way I, I think the w- the best way to translate that would be, um, high scores, right? Like I don't, when I play video games, I don't, I'm not, I'm not huge into, you know, online games or anything like that. I'm just trying to beat the high score. I'm just trying to beat whoever else was the best. Um, and I think that's re- really where I come in into, into life is that, is that my goal is always just to just to overcome whatever I can and, and just to work really, really, really hard at a high score. And there's like, I was just up in, uh, I was just up in Chicago at the Galloping Ghost, which is actually the second largest arcade in the world. Um, one of the reasons I went to WordCamp Chicago last weekend. And um, I sat there for a solid two hours and continuously just tried to hit, tried to work on this high score. Um, on a game called Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. So it's a, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but um, but it's it's that working really hard at that high score and getting so close and just keep working on it and keep working on it and keep working on it um, is, I think, where I really translate um, life in general. So I think those are the kind of games that I'm looking looking for usually. I don't really, really do like the ticket redemption games or anything like that. I'm always just looking for that game that I can, I can look at and say, all right, this guy worked really hard for this high score. Let me see if I can beat it. Yeah, and a little competitive. It's like that in my house. <laughs> um, like we have, um, I, I recently got a, um, I recently actually just got a, a mega touch. You've probably seen them in bars a lot in the nineties, uh, like nineties and two thousands. And, uh, that's, that's now the thing in the house where, um, uh, my wife actually grew up, um, she had an alcoholic father and she grew up, um, at spending a lot of times in bars. And that's the one thing she remembers from her childhood is spending a lot of time playing that, sitting down and playing that mega touch at the bar. And, uh, and so I, I, I got her one and now it's in a continuous war at the house all the time over the, those high scores. And I get home and I look at, I look at a score on a game. Oh, she beat me last night. This is crazy. And then I, I would, sit there for an hour just trying to beat her high score um so those are the kind of games i mean it's it's mostly you know just things to to to, to anything i can beat a high score in is is great um if i had to put it in a genre it'd probably be shoot 'em ups with space shooters and stuff like that um but definitely anything that i can work really hard at for for a good high score two questions for you jeff one sure. what is your favorite game that you have currently and two do people like to come over to your house and play video games? Because it never sounds like we're just going to spend a few hours relaxing playing video games. It's must get high score. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, so the, the the favorite game of mine is a game called Viper Phase One. Um, it was um, actually happened to be the first game we ever got. We found it in a junkyard um, for sixty dollars. Um, and this is a game that is exceedingly rare. Um, it's a, uh, there's a game called Raiden that came out many years ago. Um, it was a, a little bit of a space shooter type game. Um, uh, well, it was 
more just airplane shooter the original ones were but uh viper phase one is a is a, the same game but in space um but we managed to find it um i did some work to it got it up and running um and we still have that same game and i absolutely love it it's exceedingly rare um and i'm so glad that i have that game um i don't think i'll ever get rid of it i mean we've even talked about it a little bit we're like we can sell this thing and buy a pinball machine uh, I can't get around to getting rid of it. It's a little bit of an emotional connection to that thing, but uh, sure, sure, sure. But that's a yeah, and uh, and people do come to people will come to the house and play games. Um, they usually can't come anywhere near a lot of our high scores. <laughs> unbelievable. Both me and my wife play these games, and we between me and her, we're always kind of back and forth on high scores. You know, we're taking different taking different positions on these games, but. Um, but yeah, like when people come to the house, not a chance. <laughs> they just they just like uh, they just like playing games and having fun and and that sort of thing. Jeff, let me let me change gears on you. And let me ask you about your biggest challenge to date. What's been the biggest challenge you faced? And again, it can be personal, professional, or otherwise. And how did you address it? Or if it's an ongoing challenge, how are you? How are you coping with it? How are you addressing it? How are you trying to get over it? How are you trying to get a high score on that challenge? Um, I think there's a few different challenges that I could kind of put as my greatest ones, but just kind of piled in different boxes. Um, one of the problems is that I have um, severe ADHD um, as well as uh, severe panic disorder. So what happens is I'm freaking out. I'm looking at everything else. And I'm, I'm like, it's causing me to have panic attacks. Like, panic attacks regularly throughout the day. Um, crazily enough that I can, that I'm a marketing guy and I'm very introverted, which is weird, but <laughs> somehow it works. And you put me in my own, then it, it goes. Um, but uh, I, I'd say that's, that's one of them. Um, and that's kind of something that I deal with every day. And um, I've just kind of learned to have different coping mechanisms and things like that, different ways to relax me. And uh, of course, you know, things like Adderall work great for, for ADHD and everything keep me really focused. Um, I'd say other other challenges um, are kind of against myself. Um, so I, I, being that guy that's always trying to beat that high score, I'm always trying to beat my own high scores too. Um, and that's kind of where um, it's both a blessing and a curse to where I'm always trying to make everything perfect. Um, when in reality, sometimes I just have to step back and go, this is good enough. Um, every, when I write code, it's, it's, I will go over iteration after iteration after iteration, just trying to make the perfect thing. If I can shave this tiny, tiny bit of performance off of it, uh, or a time of uh, load times, I definitely will. Um, or if I can just make this a little more user-friendly or just like a little more appealing to my eye, um, I'll definitely do so. And, and, and a lot of times I have to just stop. And, and usually I do that by just setting a deadline on something and saying, Keep pounding away until the deadline. Once you hit the deadline, you have to release. There's no option. Um, so there, I think those are the two biggest things that I kind of that, that kind of uh, I struggle with a little bit. But I, I make it work, and I think those are. I think at the same time, while they're challenges, they're still parts of my personality that make me who I am and actually make me as productive and successful as I am as well. Yeah, I love that embrace of the challenges that you're facing and from what you've shared with us, your capacity to figure out 
I'll call it a coping mechanism, but it, it, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's more of a, you know, a way to, to help you flourish and, and coping sounds like it's, it's negative and it sounds like more you're buttressing yourself in, in to, to empower yourself. And I like mm-hmm. that. Thank you very much for sharing that. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and ask one more question. Um, and maybe I'll, 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 I'll steer it around a little bit here. And you've talked about marketing, and this is going to be a little bit different, Jeff, but you've talked about marketing and in in, in how you like getting those wins for, for Gravity Forms and they're, they're measurable, right? Sales are up or sales are down or that kind of thing. What, what's the, uh, your favorite thing to do within your new marketing role? Um, I think my favorite thing is just uh, is is to chat with you know people like you guys you know um, it's to it's to be able to connect with different people and have the ability to uh, do some traveling to word camps and to and to speak and to really just share my knowledge uh, is something that I really enjoy doing quite a bit um, I really in terms of more the everyday type stuff. I, uh, I, I think, I think the biggest thing I enjoy doing is, is finding the answers in the data. Um, there's always, there's always some sort of data that you can find an answer in, um, if you dig hard enough. So when I'm, when I'm trying to figure out, uh, a different way to do something, or if I'm trying to figure out if something that I'm doing is working or why it may be not working, um, if I can sit and dig through data for hours and hours and hours, I'm usually actually pretty happy. Um, so it's, I think, I think really just the number crunching is, uh, is, is a thing that I really enjoy, especially because once I find that answer, I'm like, I'm yelling at the office. Like everybody knows that I found my answer at the time because I'm, I found it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a different question now. And it's about advice. It sounds like you have uh, traveled a path, and I appreciate um, your sharing. I feel like I know you pretty well, just in terms of your personality, based on how you approach these video games and all the things that you do, and describing the struggles that you've had. I appreciate you sharing those with us. Um, Along the way, and getting to where you are, have you had some advice that you'd share with us that has had an impact on you and that you've incorporated into your way you do things? There's a few things. Um, there's uh, Alex will tell me all the time. He's one of the founders of Gravity Forms, and and usually who I report to most of the time um, is he'll tell me over and over and over again, just get it done. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it done. Um, and that's something that I I really try to think about every day is 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 how can I just get this done, um, and get it shipped and get it out there. Um. Another thing that that I really learned, um, I wouldn't. I, it's not necessarily as much of a, a piece of advice as it is just um, just guidance. Was that uh, a little over a year ago? I uh, thanks to uh, my friend Kiko, um, I was able to climb a. Uh, I was able to climb Camelback Mountain, and I was completely out of shape. I was absolutely a horrible mess. Um, <laughs> there was. I was maybe maybe a tenth of the way up there, and I was like, I'm done turning around it's not going to happen i'm way out of shape this is not for me um and he looked at me he goes can you take another step and me being a little bit of a smart ass to him i said yeah and i i took one step and i was like all right i'm done i'm turning around he's like no no no, keep going keep taking those steps and so 
I learned that uh, my limitations really aren't what I think they are. A lot of times my brain is stopping me and saying, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. But once that I had the, once I had the assurance that I wasn't going to be allowed to fail, um, that I could trust somebody enough to say in this case, um, that if I fell over or, you know, something bad happened, um, that he was going to carry me down the mountain. And it was a little bit of a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a middle finger to him of, of, of saying, you know, all right, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I am going to fall over. So you're going to have to carry me down. You know, if I do, you know, kind of thing like that. Um, but as I was getting up there, I started realizing like, I really am going a lot further than I thought. I was absolutely, I thought I was at my absolute limit and I wasn't even close and I made it up that mountain. And it, 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 I think that really changed something in my head to the point that I was like, there's, there's really, people don't realize what their limitations are because their, their limitations that they think exist really aren't there. Um, as long as they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, there's really no limitation. Yeah, I think I, I would very much agree with that, that yes, at some point there is a limitation, but it's nowhere near as close Right. as our as our our own limitations think they are right you know the fears sure. we have the anxieties we have the internal stress we cause ourselves uh and i and i love that just get it done i just love that um my wife's side of the family i think it's my wife's grandmother had this phrase of if it's if it's worth doing right it's worth doing badly just get it done <laughs> yeah. kind of the uh, you know addressing it from a different standpoint. And I just, I just love that, that, that it is very easy uh, to want perfection and perfection is great, but not always possible. I think, uh, I think, I think one of, one of the reasons I actually, uh, I actually, I, I try to be so perfect about everything is I was told for so long that to, to do it right, you know, don't, don't, you know, if you're going to do something, do it perfectly, you know, do it the right way, not the fast way. My, you know, my dad used to always talk to me about that. You know, I was in, I'm in text. Like I find faster and easier ways to do something. That's what I've made my entire living off of is making, is finding faster and easier ways to do something. He absolutely hated it growing up, you know, cause if I could, if he's like, I need you to write this paper, I'm like, I'll find a way to automate it. Like it's, <laughs> you know, I'll find a way to do something. I'll, I'll, I'll write a little program in my, in my graphing calculator to do my homework for me. And you know, he wasn't, he, he wasn't a fan of that, but, uh, so I think that that kind of gets stuck, but I think in tech, we have to learn more to just get it done because as we do that, we can always iterate, we can always change. Um, but getting it done is that first step. What an excellent segue to the fact that we're done. <laughs> this, this, this has been great though. It has not been a just get it done thing. I've really enjoyed hearing your story, Jeff. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Can you My tell brain. people where they can find you online? They can find me at, uh, usually on Twitter at the Jeff Matson. Um, you can also find me uh, posting on the Gravity Forms post or Gravity Forms uh, Twitter or uh, the Gravity Forms Facebook, as well as uh, jeffmatson.net is my site. I don't update it too much, but you can find a little bit more about me and, and kind of like what I like to do there. Great. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Jeff, thanks for your time today. It's been an absolute hoot. Have a great one. Thank you. Bye. It's always great. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.